from Nashville. We are still here in the Music City, and we're having a great time. I'm John Rawl. Thank you as we close out the week here with the all-Southern program that we do call the Y'all Show. Our website, y'all.com, Y-A-L-L.com. Also, you can call or text us 24-7, whether we're in Music City or in your neighborhood. It is 803-816-1170. Our operators are standing by for your feedback here. On this end of the week edition, this is a pate here in Music City as we're getting ready for the weekend. We've got headlines from across the southeast that we're going to scan and share with you here in just a second. A lot of flooding on Wednesday night in portions of the south. We'll share that information and some snowfall in portions of the south that we'll get to. The impeachment is over as the Senate on Wednesday acquitted President Trump, and we'll share some thoughts about that. Also, later this hour, we've got our college sports blast information on college football, including an arrest for an LSU player and a suspension for that said player. All that, plus the recruiting rankings and some controversy in Columbia, South Carolina, literally in Columbia, where a commit for the Gamecocks, at least as of right now, as far as I know, has not signed on the dotted line. And this is after he originally committed back in December. What's going on with this Hanahan? What is it? No, it's a, um, Hammond. There's a, there's a Hanahan, South Carolina. There's a TL Hannah, but there's also a Hammond High School, an academy there in Columbia. And we'll get the latest from that school and what's going on with that youngster. Also break down the entire recruiting here as we had National Signing Day on Wednesday. And then we've got college basketball news to tell you about. The lineup for Saturday's top 25 Southern teams. We'll look at the latest rankings for women's college basketball. An injury for LSU's women's program. Also, softball, believe it or not, is a big-time program for a lot of of our Southern teams. And we've got a list of some of those softball players and college sports to be on the lookout for here this spring. As we're now one week away from the start of college baseball, college softball getting its start here. And we'll tell you about that here in our college sports blast heading into the weekend. Later this hour, it's I-C-Y-M-I. This is where we go back and have a, a great conversation repeated here on today's Y'all Show. And I don't know if you were able to tune in earlier in the week, but since we are here in Nashville, we had Precious Harris on on Wednesday, and she, as she always does, brings so much great information our way. And we're going to repeat some of that conversation where Precious tells us about is country music dead? Well, her fellow Kentuckian Loretta Lynn said that was the case, and we'll get Precious's take on that and more as we'll have a ICYMI in case y'all missed it, an encore of some. Of our Wednesday conversation with Precious Harris, who's our gracious host while we're in Music City, USA. When we get to the second hour of today's Y'all Show, we've got a special song that we'll be playing portions of it for you as we have our Friday Free for Y'all. That mixed in with David Lee Murphy's Party Crowd. And we encourage you to join us for the fun and sing along as the weekend is here. We'll have hashtag Hullabaloo coming up in the second hour. And we'll close it all out here today with From Dixie with Love and a look at the movies hitting theaters, the new movies that is hitting theaters this very weekend 
And again, we encourage you to listen to us on our great radio stations across Dixie. But also, if you can't pick us up on a local radio station, and by the way, if you have a local station that's got more of a talk format or some type of sports format, let them know about the Y'all Show and say, you know, y'all ought to carry that Y'all Show, that John fella. That's a darn good show, and we ought to have that here in our community. Hey, hit us up here, y'all show at y'all.com if you need help in that mission to try to get us on in your local community but you also can listen to us at your leisure on any of a couple of streaming apps you can go to the iheart radio app the tune in radio app or apple podcast simply search for y'all show and right there is the free podcast edition of the show waiting and all you have to do is hit like or subscribe depending on which service it is and each and every day that we upload a y'all show you're set to download it automatically and it's a really neat way to keep up with a show that truly is all about the 16 southern states looking at headlines as we said we had some scary weather in portions of the south here this week as that storm system worked its way from texas across the mid-south and onto the east coast into friday and in alabama we know about storms that went hap- happened there you had flooding throughout portions of alabama even some some snow flurries expected there in the northern portions of of north alabama into tennessee strong to severe storms and heavy rain continued throughout the state on wednesday according to the national weather service two tornado watches in effect for the state one person died in the storms in marengo county that's just south of demopolis alabama as the weather service also got reports of trees down in shelby county in helena just south of birmingham and about 4700 power outages on wednesday night in the state of alabama in Marengo county the EMA director kevin mckinney confirmed that fatality and one injury and the damage was around highway 43 and county road 54 a mobile home destroyed in that area approximately two miles northwest of old spring house old spring hill which is south of demopolis alabama but flooding and tornadoes and such in alabama in kentucky there was also some flooding there in the bluegrass state as that hit on thursday in that area bell county the executive there declared a state of emergency as albie brock said that this means the county is open to the state for federal resources and funding with flood response the city of middlesbrough kentucky put photos on facebook to show the high water in downtown Middlesboro, Kentucky. So Kentucky, Tennessee, I know there was problems in the state of Tennessee. In fact, also today you've got some issues or into Thursday night into today in Florida. Actually, Florida State canceled classes because of the severe weather hitting the panhandle of Florida. So I won't say this is the scariest weather weather pattern we've seen in a while, but we've already seen this take at least one life, this storm system, as it works its way. And just be on the lookout. If it, it should be past most of you by now, but it's still a scary thing here, as we have experienced in most of the South over the last few days, pretty mild temperatures in some places, very nice temperatures, around 70 but we know for early February, that's not exactly a good thing. It means that you're going to have a, a front like we've seen this week push through and cause lots and lots of problems as evidenced by these various states having flooding and and other issues like tornadoes. But some places getting a little dusting of snow here this week, and that's a good thing or 
Maybe. It depends on how much you like snow. Now, I don't know if you tuned in this week to President Trump's State of the Union address. That was Tuesday night in Washington, D.C. But as a result of what President Trump did there, one of the several people that he looked up in the the rafters of the House of Representatives chamber there in Washington, D.C., and he actually brought in the supposed leader of Venezuela to attend the State of, U- of the Union address. And as a result of Guado, the the so-called president, as the United States recognizes this man and other nations recognize this man as the legal head of the country of Venezuela. Unfortunately, the current president, the guy that the United States and others would love to see out of office, Nicolas Maduro, they're retaliating. Venezuela has rounded up oil executives that are Americans based in Venezuela and all this because of the president's invitation for Guado to visit Washington, D.C. and participate in the State of the Union address as executives of Houston-based Sitco abruptly taken from their homes this week by the e, uh, rather SEBIN intelligence police. And Zimbrano, the brother of two of the six detained men, said the current whereabouts are unknown now, that's from Alario Zambrano, who is aware of what's going on there, and they want to know what's happening to these Houston-based sit-go employees. The State Department and Maduro's government have yet to comment, but the move comes after the men were granted house arrest and just hours after Trump welcomed opposition leader Juan Guado to the White House in a show of support for his campaign to oust Maduro in Venezuela. So, they're already kind of these six already a little bit on the radar of Venezuela because they are Americans based there, but very involved in the oil and refinery business of Venezuela. These six are awaiting trial, by the way, on corruption charges stemming from a never executed plan to refinance some $4 billion in sit-go bonds by offering a 50% stake in the company as collateral. Prosecutors accuse the men of maneuvering to benefit from the proposed deal. And we'll have to find out the latest. Mike Pence back in April called for the men's release after meeting with family members at the White House. I wasn't even aware of this. Were y'all aware that we've had these six American citizens sort of in in Venezuela under house arrest and their oil executives for Sitco? And they've got family members back in America, back in the Houston area, concerned about them. And now they're missing as Venezuela has rounded them up and nobody's quite sure where they are in this, what should be a second world country. And now it seems like it's more of a third world country with some of the tactics they're using there from the Maduro administration. On Wednesday, we lost actor and film legend Kirk Douglas at the age of 103. This man who was born in 1916 in the New York City area, born Ashur Danilovich, and he was, I think, was the son of maybe Russian immigrants. He was, of course, an American Jew who went on to star in unbelievable amounts of movies and was a legend. Also served in World War II in the U.S. Navy as an officer there, and of course, the father of Michael Douglas and others dying at the age of 103. Now, I was trying to find a Southern connection when you talk about Kirk Douglas, of course, all the 
great films that he appeared on and he was on the radio back in the 40s if you're old enough to remember that but one one connection that i wanted to bring up because it's really a little bit of a, a plug for this place in oklahoma city in 1984, Kirk Douglas was inducted into the Western Performers Hall of Fame, and this is at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So, sure enough, if you go back in the kind of the filmography of Kirk Douglas, you'll see that he often portrayed himself as a Western star, especially back in the 1950s, and his roles there helped get him into this Hall of Fame there, the Western Performers Hall of Fame in oklahoma city oklahoma so that's one one southern connection to this american film icon who we lost at the age of 103 and you can't deny that whether you were a fan of kurt douglas or not to live 103 years is just simply amazing and it, it's just I, I i don't know how anybody could live that long however let me tell you about someone that i think is around that same age possibly possibly a little bit older than that and that's miss scarlet olivia de Havilland from the movie gone with the wind from was it 1939 and i'm looking up her age and she's also 103 years young born july 1st 1916 and of all places tokyo japan she of course a british citizen but had arguably the biggest southern role ever playing scarlet and gone with the wind and at least we still have olivia de Havilland around at least as far as i know a british american actress that resides in france of all places and we hope she continues to have a very long and healthy life at 103 i would say that's a pretty long life of course her role there in that civil war time period hey the war between the states the war of northern aggression is back in the news in a place that it should never leave the headlines, and that's Charleston, South Carolina. And this week, streets in the Holy City had to be closed after construction crews working there found a artillery shell dating back to the War of Northern Aggression. A crew called 911 Wednesday in the, at 10 o'clock in the morning to report the shell in downtown Charleston, just over a block from the old slave mart where dozens of vendors sell merchandise. And if you've ever been to Charleston, South Carolina, that's maybe the most iconic area of Charleston where the old slave mart, which technically, technically where you see that today, they did not sell slaves there. It's essentially, it's sort of a flea market, but it looks really old and it looks like that's my, where they had slave. But truly the, the old, truly old slave market was, didn't survive the Civil War. The police department there in Charleston called the Air Force to dispose of the shell and they ended up closing several nearby roads for about three hours as a precaution investigators in charleston said the shell appeared to be the newer than the civil war but after further investigation concluded it was left over from the war between the union and the confederacy as if you know anything about charleston in the civil war it was absolutely shelled for a couple of years by union troops out in the swamps around charleston in fact they had this massive cannon called the swamp angel that would rage holy hell on the holy city and looking for charleston to capitulate and surrender of which it never did until i think it was late 1864 maybe early 1865 when sherman's troops were marching toward columbia that charleston ultimately fell but for a long time charleston was under siege 
by the Union cannons, and I assume this is where this unexploded shell, this ordinance from the Civil War, a hundred and now, what is it, 145? No, 155 years ago that this war raged on here in the South, and a, a, a remnant of that still very much posing a threat here in 2020. Amazing story from Charleston. Now, this is also Black History Month in the United States, and a student teacher at Waverly Belmont right here in Nashville has now been fired after giving a controversial assignment to a fourth grade class. The lesson, which had to do with Black History Month, had an instruction that said in the assignment, quote, let's make a slave. And a fourth grader went home and told their mother about the experience, and the mother said well what did you learn and the teacher evidently told them they were given a choice she said the info was very graphic and violent and if you have a choice to read it or not and if you don't want to read it then you go to the other side of the classroom and i'm looking at some of the information from this teacher let's make a slave what do we need and they talk about for fear that our future generations may not understand the principles of breaking both of the beast together the black and the horse accordingly both a wild horse and a wild or natural black is dangerous even if captured this was a very graphic assignment again coming from this school here in the nashville area but if you really study slavery and i'm not trying to say this is a, a horrible thing or a good thing i'm just telling you the truth here as a guy who loves history there were certainly cases of slaves here in this part of the world where they were treated less than human. They were treated like livestock. In fact, they were mostly considered the same as livestock. And I'm just telling you the absolute honest truth. And here's why. Because if you go back in any archives and look up slaves, they're listed off. They don't have last names. They have first names only, generally. And they essentially are, they've got a value upon them. They were less than human then in those times and we've come a long way and perhaps that might have been part of the assignment this teacher was looking into i'm not totally sure what was going on here but this was a fourth grade class and so you have to understand these kids probably aren't that up with how truly awful in a lot of cases slavery was i'm I'm sure if you're listening to me like what do you mean in a lot of cases i I wasn't alive in 1861 and 1862 and before that when slavery was legal in the united states so could there have been cases where slaves may have had it pretty good probably probably but i wasn't around so we can assume they were all treated horrible or they were treated like it was summer camp i know that wasn't the case but we we all can learn and sure we need to know that slavery was a terrible thing and we've come a long way in this country and perhaps that might have been what this assignment here in nashville was supposed to be about but in the end this teacher's been fired and i wonder what their justification for the assignment was you just have to be careful you know if you want to get out here and have controversial assignments you probably don't need to do in a public school system because they're so paranoid of what the backlash could be when you do shows like the y'all show where you try to let everybody know about what the south's all about including the bruises and the bad parts but even in the times where there were terrible things going on there were some cases of good things going on in the south 
whether it might have been who knows i wasn't around i'm not gonna sit here and defend it too much i'm just telling you there's always two sides to our story maybe that was the 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 one side this guy was trying to teach here in nashville who knows who knows just telling you the headlines from across the southeast moving on speaking of the old days and perhaps trying to put a little bit prettier picture on the old days barnes and noble is uh, they're suspending reissues of classics with new images as they're withdrawing a planned line of famous literature reissued with multicultural cover images and that's been met with widespread criticism on social media as barnes and noble put out a statement saying we acknowledge the voices who've expressed concerns about the quote diverse editions project at our barnes and noble fifth avenue store and have decided to suspend the initiative as some of the books out there were going to have various colors more diverse covers and some of the books included lewis carroll's alice's adventures in wonderland frankenstein the wizard of oz all were going to have different illustrations on the cover and diverse editions announced at the time when it was announced that it was coming out was facing scrutiny after so much uh, of the people around the world were concerned that this might be sort of a redefining or rebranding of some of the classics the decision comes here in the month of February, Black History Month, as part of the annual celebration of past and present achievement. So watch out, Barnes & Noble, in the news here for trying to eh, modify, do put a little bit of a different spin on things. Hey, here in Nashville, they're getting excited, and maybe your southern city is getting excited because if you like the Rolling Stones, great news. They're coming back on a U.S. tour. They've got a 15-city tour that they're going to be kicking off the No Filter Tour. It starts in San Diego May 8th, but the Rolling Stones also will be performing in St. Louis, Austin, Texas, Louisville, Charlotte, Tampa, and also right here in Nashville. Oh, I left out Dallas. My apologies, Dallas. And the show's end, this tour, the No Filter Tour concludes with a concert July 9th in Atlanta, Georgia. And you can go to the Rolling Stones. I assume most of these concerts are going to be at the biggest venue available. So at Nashville, it'll be LP Field, a Nissan Stadium. I'm sorry. They've had about four names for this stadium here in Nashville. Uh, it'll be at Nissan Stadium. I know Atlanta, I think it's going to be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And other cities, like I said, look for the biggest venue you got. For the Rolling Stones and the 15-city tour, the no-filter tour kicking off May 8th and lasting until that last concert in Atlanta on July 9th. And the Stones getting ready to, to do their magic here in the U.S. once again. A representative in Florida that we've mentioned from time to time, he's a very much proponent and fan of President Donald Trump, Matt Gates, out of the Jacksonville area. He has filed an ethics complaint about against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for the way she ripped up President Trump's State of the Union address, the printed copy that he gives her before he starts his State of the Union. If you saw the end of that on Tuesday night, Nancy Pelosi had a good time ripping that, that speech. And Gates tweeted that he's filing an ethics complaint about the speaker's actions. Quote, her conduct was beneath the dignity of the House and a potential violation of law. Nobody is above the law. She must be held accountable. Something tells me this won't go too far. But, yeah, a lot of people 
got on social media after seeing Pelosi rip that thing up. Of course, some people would say, well, maybe she did that because the president snubbed her by not shaking her hand when he started, when he got into the House chamber to start his State of the Union address. I watched that. He didn't shake Mike Pence's hand, and he was turning away right when she reached out to shake his hand. So there's a very good chance he didn't even see her try to shake his hand. Also, Perhaps he should have been the bigger man and offered his hand anyway to both of them. That would have been a nice thing to do. A Mississippi welfare director who's now out of that office has been arrested and accused of using funds. Only in the South will you see this kind of a headline. He was misusing funds to pay for an ex-WWE wrestler's rehab. And John Davis, this former Department of Human Services head in Mississippi who retired last year, was charged in what the state auditor of Mississippi described as the largest public embezzlement case in state history. And he was using part of these funds to pay for the rehab of retired wrestler Brett DiBiase. And DiBiase is a very famous wrestler. He's the son. Oh, I'm sorry. Brett DiBiase, the son of Ted DiBiase, who's a WWE Hall of Famer. That's the more famous wrestler. And I think he lives in Clinton, Mississippi. But the son now in rehab and this former Mississippi department head there of DHS arrested along with several others in a sting operation busted embezzling funds and stuff from the great state of Mississippi. In Atlanta, a college there has named a building after Hammer and Hank Aaron. Atlanta Technical College renamed a building for the former Atlanta Braves slugger starting the Henry Lewis Hank Aaron Academic Complex. Aaron's been a longtime supporter of the college, donating a lot of money to the school every year and his Chasing the Dream of Foundation Award scholarship. And that's, I think, held there as Hank Aaron's got this building there at on his 86th birthday. They unveiled this in Atlanta, Georgia. So a, a great lasting memory there for Hank Aaron, Atlanta Braves slugger. And in my opinion, always will be the home run king, no matter what Barry Bond says about it. And finally, in Camden, North Carolina, quite a discovery for a man there. Cornelius Williams went to his home from the grocery store this week where he heard a squeaky noise coming from a cardboard box that he left out in his walkway. And it was dark outside, so he ended up calling authorities to come help out. He wasn't sure what the noise was. As a deputy approached the box, he looked inside and found two newborn bear cubs bears are very common in camden county north carolina but finding cubs in a box the sheriff said was pretty strange a little strange and no one was sure why a bear left this box in blanket wrapped cubs while they were in there but that's what this evidently this bear did the bears were taken to the north carolina zoo in ashburn to be examined and cared for but what a what a gift really bear cubs left in a box in your driveway there in North Carolina. What a sweet story to wrap up our headlines across the Southeast. Hey, when we come back from the timeout, stay with us. We're going to take a look at what's going on in the world of college sports. And don't forget, toward the end of this hour, we've got our ICYMI, more of our conversation from Wednesday with Precious Harris, our Music Row Insider. That's coming up here on The Y'all Show.
If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today by texting OFFER to 84888. Get in on major bundle savings with Purple's President's Day sale. Save up to $350 on a mattress and sleep bundle. Bundle up and save big when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. to the Y'all Show at LSU. Hey, if you haven't uh, paid attention to the Bayou Bengals here lately, they are your national champions of college football. I'm John Rawl. This is our college sports spotlight here on this end of the week edition of the All Southern Program. But LSU may be celebrating national championships, but they actually had the of, kind of the bad side of the ledger here, at least for one of their players. Linebacker for LSU arrested on a gun charge. Dante Starks, a 19-year-old, booked into the jail on counts of illegally possessing a concealed handgun and running away from deputies in Jefferson Parish. Now, he was a freshman linebacker at LSU, and I don't think he got a lot of playing time. But he's now been suspended from the LSU football team. Deputies approached Starks after someone told the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office that armed men were selling drugs in the area. Officers did not find any narcotics on the football player. He was released on a $500 reconnaissance bond. Stark played high school football at John Errett there in Louisiana. But now this freshman linebacker arrested in Marrero on a gun charge and LSU coach Ed Orgeron suspending him further notice for this charge there as he's in a lot of hot water for the Bayou Bay. Would you want to be on Ed Orgeron's bad list? I, I don't think so. <laughs> 
The Clemson University Board of Trustees have now approved a three-year, $5.1 million contract, not for Dabo Sweeney, but for his offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott. And Elliott now becomes the highest-paid offensive coordinator in the entire country. Now, he earned six a $600,000 raise back in 2020 for this 2020 season, and he's now set to make $1.7 million in 2021, $1.8 million in 2022. Again, a five-year, $5.1 million contract. So this is not just for one year. I think Dabo is making close to $10 million a year, but this guy making 5.1 over the course of three years, and both he and Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian are set to make $1.6 million this 2020 season but he's going to make more than Sarkeesian the following year. So not a bad, not a bad gig there. If you can get it. In fact, the crazy thing about Tony Elliott, I think he's only in his thirties. He's not an old guy at all. And making that kind of money. And he's not even the head coach. He's a offensive coordinator. In fact, this coming year, he'll be the true offensive coordinator for several years. He's actually shared the offensive coordinator duty with Jeff Scott, Jeff Scott, son of former South Carolina Gamecock football coach, Brad Scott took off for South Florida, where he's the bulls new head football coach. And now Elliot's got the reins on the Clemson offense. Trevor Lawrence will be looking to him and him alone as the offensive coordinator hit heading into the 2020 football season. Now, also in the state of South Carolina, that team that plays in the state capital of Columbia is in the news for recruiting, but it's not exactly the best of news. Hammond is a private school in the Columbia area. Oddly enough, it's where Will Muschamp's own son was a quarterback for the Hammond Hawks, an independent school there in South Carolina. And before I talk about the reason South Carolina's in the headlines, Will Muschamp's son, Jackson Muschamp, just announced that he's going to the University of Georgia, his daddy's alma mater, I think his mama's alma mater too, to be a preferred walk-on for Kirby Smart. So not even taking a scholarship to go to Athens and suit up perhaps for the rival of the South Carolina Gamecocks for his own daddy. He's going to play for the for the enemy. How, how could you let that happen, Will Muschamp? At least send him off to some school that you're not going to have to play every year. But I guess he let his son make his own decision, I guess. Well, another guy there at Hammond is Jackson Muschamp's teammate there. And this guy made news back in December when he made a big, big deal out of his announcement that he was going to be a South Carolina Gamecock. We're talking about defensive end Jordan Birch. And he had a big party there at the school in December during the first National Signing Day event there in Columbia. Announced he was going to nearby the University of South Carolina, and he never signed the paperwork. So technically, his recruitment was still open. Well, on Wednesday, we had National Signing Day Part 2, and lo and behold, at least as far as I know, Jordan Birch has still not put his name on the dotted line to be a South Carolina Gamecock. He is the number four ranked prospect overall in the entire 2020 class, and he hasn't sealed the deal to be a South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, he had been pursued by LSU back in January, even went to Baton Rouge to take a visit. So I don't know what's going on there with Jordan Birch, but unless he's signed, and I don't realize it here in the last few hours, his recruitment's still way up in the air, even though he's pledged his love to the hometown team. 
more to come on this wacky story from signing day see when you deal with 17 and 18 year olds uh, all kinds of crazy stuff can happen speaking of national signing day from this week we have a core uh, from cbssports.com some of the winners and losers they rank texas a&m as a big winner in the signing class as they bested Alabama for four-star defensive tackle McKinley Jackson. Big haul there for Jimbo Fisher. A lot of people say that Georgia had the best recruiting class as they were able to get lineman Cameron Kenny, and they got defensive back Darren Branch from the University of Mississippi. Had him switch over, I guess, at the last minute. They also got offensive line commits from Cedric Van Pran and Broderick Jones. And many, as I say, call Georgia's class the number one class in the country. Texas had a very good class as they finished at number nine in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. A good day there for Coach Tom Herman as they got four-star commitment wide receiver Kelvante Dixon. Also, they closed out the day on Wednesday with Alfred Collins, a number two strong side defensive end in the country. So a big haul there for the Texas Longhorns. An embattled Arkansas Razorback program actually did pretty well, according to CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports. Sam Pittman got a couple of offensive linemen to head to the Ozarks in Marcus Henderson and Jalen St. John. And, of course, Pittman's got a long history of being an offensive line coach, so I think he could take these guys and help get them ready for the next level. So that's great news. Also, they got quarterback Malik Hornsby out of Texas to head to Fayetteville. So a great job there. Missouri also listed Eli Drinkwitz, the new coach who came over from Appalachian State. He got cornerback Enos Rakestraw to commit to be a Missouri Tiger. And those are some of your winners from National Signing Day. According to CBS Sports Digital and also 24-7 Sports, some of the losers of this 2020 recruiting class florida state as it had its worst class ever also they claim that the university of mississippi also had a pretty bad day there leading the recruiting efforts for the mississippi land sharks and baylor evidently did not do very well there as dave aranda he came in 53rd nationally and last i think in the big 12 with that ranking there at Baylor. So a lot of our Southern teams did pretty well. A few of them, according to the experts, didn't have the best of days on National Signing Day Part 2. We've got a pretty busy Saturday in college basketball to give you an idea of some of the Southern teams playing top 25 or some of our top 25 teams in action on Saturday. TCU will be hosting number three, Kansas. The number eight Florida State Seminoles have a home game against the Miami Hurricanes. There's a top 20 matchup going on at Auburn Arena on Saturday afternoon. Auburn and LSU get together on the hard court. It's the Battle of the Barrel. Kentucky and Tennessee at Thompson Bowling Arena. Kentucky ranked number 15 in the land. West Virginia will be out at Norman taking on the Sooners. WVU ranked number 13 in the country right now. In the ACC, Virginia will be at number 5 Louisville on Saturday. Also, Oklahoma State will be at number 1 Baylor. Number 7 Duke will be just down the road at Dean Smith Center taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels, the embattled North Carolina Tar Heels. And that's a look at your Southern teams in action come Saturday in men's college basketball. In women's basketball, Ayanna Mitchell, an LSU fifth-year senior, her season is done after she suffered 
a knee injury. We wish her the best. She was hurt in LSU's win over Texas A&M on Sunday. Looking at the SEC's and ACC's representatives and Big 12 too, in the latest women's college basketball top 25 poll, the South Carolina Gamecocks and Don Stanley. Don Staley, they're number one in the land. Baylor's just behind them. The Bears, your defending national champs. Louisville checks in at number five in the women's top 25. NC State's at seven. Mississippi State is at number eight. Also, Maryland checks in at number 13 in the latest women's top 25. Kentucky's ranked number 15. Right, great job there, Matthew Mitchell. The Texas A&M Aggies are at 16. Florida State's at 17. And Tennessee, the Lady Vols, are at 23, while Arkansas is in for the first time in a while at number 25 in the latest women's top 25 poll. And finally, as we look at the sports world and college sports, that is, here wrapping up our sports spotlight of colleges. Hey, it's NCAA softball time, and ESPN's come out with a listing of some of the best softball players in the land, and I wanted to give a little shout-out to a few of our Southern players. Pitcher for the Oklahoma Sooners, Giselle Juarez. Uh, she had a 28-4 and record in 2019, and she's one of the softball players to be on the lookout for as we begin a new season of women's college softball. Also, Alabama first baseman Bailey Hemphill. She batted 375 last year, expected to do great for the Alabama Crimson Tide, a powerhouse in women's softball. Also, Sydney Sherrill, infielder for Florida State. She's darn good. She had a 405-405 batting average last year. And finally, the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns pitcher, Megan Kleist. She's a transfer. She was at Oregon in the past, and she is a very good pitcher with a 21-7 record leading the Ducks and now we'll be suiting up for the Raging Cajuns. And those are, again, some of your various college softball players as that sport gets underway. That's a look back at all things sports here from a college perspective. We've got a look at some of the professional sports going on here this weekend, including the start of the XFL Part 2. We'll walk through the lineup of the games here this weekend as it begins, and we'll let you know a little bit more about this upstart league, the reboot of the XFL from Vince McMahon. All that coming up at the end of Hour 2. But up next, it's I-C-Y-M-I. In case y'all missed it, we'll rewind back to our Wednesday conversation with Precious Harris and play a little portion of that as we continue to broadcast from right here, Nashville, Tennessee. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Keeps coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. 
Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today by texting OFFER to 84888. Get in on major bundle savings with Purple's President's Day Sale. Save up to $350 on a mattress and sleep bundle. Bundle up and save big when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. We were poor, but we had love That's the one thing that Daddy made sure of He shoveled coal to make a poor man's dollar This is the Y'all Show. I'm John Rawl. Great to have you back as we are here in Music City, USA for a few days. In fact, on Wednesday, we visited with Music City's own Precious Harris. Now, we weren't in town at the time that Precious connected with us, so we had to do the old telephone interview. Now, Precious did appear in person with us on Thursday's show, but we're going to go right now in ICYMI, in case y'all missed it, back to our Wednesday conversation with Precious. So we were talking about all kinds of things, as we always do with Precious, and one of the subjects that came up was the recent news from Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter. She said that country music's dead, dead, dead as a doorknob, according to Loretta. And I had to ask Precious about that, get her to weigh in on Loretta, her fellow Kentuckian. But also, what else is going on in Precious's world? Hey, let's hear from the queen of country music, at least the queen of country music goings on, our own Precious Harris. Loretta Lynn was in the news the other day talking about country music being dead i don't know if you saw that article but what's up with what precious with your fellow kentucky and bashing current country music stars and such some of it's not very good she's right on that but there's a there's some good stuff out there loretta take it easy yeah but i think you have to realize she was you know raising a genre where she is part of the country music as we know it she was one of the founding mothers so to speak i can't say founding fathers but Anyway, but the country music, as we know it, the traditional country, she was one part of the history making. She's one of the legends that has actually put that country music in the history books and in documentaries. So, so I think she has the right to me to say whatever she wants to because number one, she's Loretta. But, um, but on the other hand, too, she looks through modern country music with a different vision. Than some of the other people that are out there today looking at country music and listening to, to different ears, you know? Loretta, um, at 87 years young. Exciting, yeah. And not holding back. She's gotten to be like a lot of people her age and in their 70s. They just don't care. They say whatever's on their mind. Yes, they do. Yeah. 
like you do, but I don't think like you're <laughs> you're not in your eighties, so I, I don't want to no, pick on my eighties. No, no, but but you tell it like it is. I try. Yes. <laughs> From our Wednesday conversation, Nashville Music Line with our insider on Music Row, Precious Harris. Great to have that here as part of ICYMI. In case y'all missed it, well, that wraps up hour one of this end of the week edition of the Y'all Show. When we come back in hour two, hang on, we've got a great song lined up and coming at you to start the first of the montage of songs to get you ready for the weekend. Then we've got hashtag Hullabaloo and we wrap up the hour with a look at the new movies hitting theaters and we'll tell you all about this new upstart of the reboot of the XFL. Vince McMahon, the wrestling king, is got he, he's got this football league about to debut here this weekend and we'll tell you the teams, maybe even the colors, the football stadiums and a whole lot more as the Y'all Show continues here on this end of the week edition. Thank you for listening as we broadcast from Nashville, Music City, USA. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today by texting OFFER to 84888. Get in on major bundle savings with Purple's President's Day Sale. Save up to $350 on a mattress and sleep bundle. Bundle up and save big when you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. We've reached the end of the work week, and it's time to get your party on. This is the Y'all Show as we broadcast from Nashville. And here's one of Nashville's on to get us in the mood for the weekend, David Lee Murphy. She couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye. But I knew the Lord, it was breaking her heart that she was breaking mine. So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me So I'm sitting here soaking up the neon lights Misery looking for some 
Here, everybody party. Just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds, looking for a party crowd, and we're looking for you to get your party on and have a good party crowd. Slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick. The blues can't hang around, let me hear you. Jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here. Oh, now, are y'all ready for the weekend? We're ready for the weekend. It is the end of the week, and why not put your party crowd on? Thanks to that one, that big smash taking you back to the mid-90s. Courtesy of David Lee Murphy. Well, this is the second hour of our getting ready for the weekend, our getting ready to take a couple days off and enjoy mm, the weekend before the calm, before the storm, the weekend before Valentine's Day 2020. Oh, let that be a remind you to remind all of you that if you haven't gotten something for Sweetie, you, you might want to go ahead and get that in, especially if you've got something come, coming via Amazon Prime. You might want to kind of get a little bit ahead of the game here before it's uh, too late. Too late. You got to remember your sweeties out there come Valentine's Day. Well, that's next week. We got a little bit of a sort of a national holiday today. Did you realize that this day marks a very special day for a guy who has been a tremendous and, and just special person in the world of country music as we're right here in nashville right now on the y'all show and specifically we're not really in 
metropolitan Davidson County. We're, we're actually a couple of miles away from Nashville, the city. We're just across the county line as we speak now. Now, yesterday, yes, we were on Music Road, but I've actually meandered my way north of town, and I've discovered this place that I've been knowing about for about 30 years now, Goodlitzville in Sumner slash Davidson County, and I'm on the Sumner side of the county line here in Middle Tennessee. Goodlitzville, great place, nicknamed G-ville, and a, a few country music stars call Goodlitzville, Tennessee home. And I haven't run into any of them yet today, but perhaps I will. Now, one of the most famous residents of Goodlitzville, Tennessee, just happens to be celebrating a birthday today. So without further ado, happy 58th birthday to Troyal Garth Brooks, born on this day in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1962. And of course, Garth Brooks changed country music with his debut back in 1989 and the tremendous success that he had throughout his career back then and heck he's still making history selling 10 times platinum albums 17 times platinum album for no fences i mean his record sales are incredible as he took the the background that he had growing up in Oklahoma and mixed it in with pop and country and the showmanship that he had and still has. I just saw him this week, for goodness sakes. I think he was in Massachusetts doing his dive bar tour. And he's not even going to the humongous venues these days. He he, he doesn't mind going into these dive bars to promote his project with Blake Shelton. And he's one of the world's best-selling artists of all time with more than 170 million records to his credit. And he had the best-selling solo album. He's the best-selling solo albums artist in the history of the United States. And this is according to the RIA organization with 148 million domestic units sold. And that is ahead of Elvis Presley. And he's second only to the Beatles in total album sales overall. So for a solo act, he's the biggest selling artist in America and in the history of this country. And that's ahead of Elvis Presley, trailing only the Beatles in total album sales overall. And I think with a little bit more time, he just might eclipse those fellas from, where are they from? Birmingham, England. Garth Brooks. Happy birthday, Garth. Where were you when you heard your first Garth Brooks song? I know exactly where I was. And for many of you, you may not have even heard of this guy until Friends in Low Places came out in the summer of 1990. Well, personally, if you don't mind me sharing a little backstory on Garth, in 1989, I was working my first gig in radio. I had just taken a job as a part-time gig while still getting through high school at WBLR AM 1430 in Batesburg, South Carolina. And and I don't know how I never I was a nerd about new music then and I'm a nerd about great new music today. But for whatever reason I did not see this little 45 single come in the door with a guy named Garth Brooks on it. And I tried to keep an eye on all the new records that came into WBLR. And I missed that one for some reason. 
but I just happened to be tuned in to an Augusta, Georgia based radio station on a Sunday night when they had Ralph Emery's. Let's see. It was, uh, the Ralph Emery countdown show presented by goodies headache powder. And I heard much too young to feel this damn old, the debut single of Garth Brooks. And it was on this countdown show syndicated. And I said, I love that song. Who is that guy? So I went back to my radio station and I dug out the drawer that our music director kept all the records in that we were not playing in heavy rotation. And I found friend. I found not friend. I found much too young to feel this damn old, but you know what? And this was probably a common occurrence in the day that single, the only thing the radio station had sent to it by Capitol records the record of Garth Brooks, that debut record, was broken. Yeah, records break, especially when they get shipped all around the country. And so perhaps that was the reason we weren't playing that debut single on that radio station at the time. But boy, somebody got smart and ultimately much too young to feel this damn old. The re- the unbroken record came into the radio station and we played the fire out of that thing as most radio stations did but that debut single did not go to number one in fact that 1989 debut of garth brooks i think topped out around number nine number somewhere in the top 10 barely but it it made a dent and it got garth brooks going and we know what happened beyond that first single and the first album the self-titled album and he went on to have this amazing career and continues to have an amazing career. And Garth Brooks celebrates today his 58th birthday. So, again, where were you when you heard your first Garth Brooks song? Maybe your memory of that is as strong as mine and much too young, which I honestly, if you don't mind me saying, I still think his debut is my it's my favorite Garth Brooks song. And perhaps it has something to do with the fact that it was that first impression Garth Brooks had on me. And maybe the song you heard first, it could be Friends in Low Places. That's your favorite Garth Brooks song. But you know, to his credit, Garth Brooks has had dozens of big songs and tremendous success. The most uh, uh, prolific album sales guy and great success as well with his singles on the charts. The Capital Nashville artist in Garth Brooks as we celebrate his birthday today, and here I am in Goodlettsville, where he currently lives with his wife, Trisha Yearwood, Garth Brooks lived in this town before he got famous with his first wife, Sandy Mall. In fact, he worked at a boot store about a quarter of a mile where I am right now here. Boot Country, I think is the name of it. It still exists. And Garth Brooks sold boots. In fact, Ken Mellons, who would go on to have a song called Jukebox Junkie and had a little bit of success. Ken Mellons grew up in the Nashville area, and he bought a pair of boots from Garth Brooks when Garth, he worked at this boot store as a manager. And I remember Ken Mellons being on Epic Records back in the 90s. He carried that business card of Garth being a store manager with him to show people, wow, look at this. You never know. I mean, I don't know why he would hold on to a guy's business card that was the manager of a boot store. But Ken Mellons did that, and it turned out where they both got record deals, and obviously Garth had a little bit better success than Ken Mellons. But go check out Jukebox Junkie sometime if you don't believe that's a great song. It's fantastic. 
But Garth, of course, has had lots of great songs. A native of Yukon, Oklahoma, and I've been to Yukon. I've driven down Garth Brooks Boulevard right there off Interstate 40. I even went to the Brahms ice cream joint there, and I, I should still have the receipt that indicates that its location is Garth Brooks Boulevard, Yukon, Oklahoma. As we get ready now to celebrate Garth on his birthday, yes, we, of course, should sing Happy Birthday to Garth Brooks. But I wanted to find a song that was sentimental, a song out of all the great songs Garth Brooks recorded. What, what's a, a song that would be worthy being played today? And I couldn't help but overlook this song from 1998. I wanted to give you a song that Garth, maybe you haven't heard on the radio. Maybe you haven't played it lately. This song was out 22 years ago, and it was a success. It got a lot of airplay, but honestly, I don't hear this one on the radio like you hear most of the other Garth Brooks songs. I'm going to play today as a tribute to Garth on his birthday, a song that's near and dear to him because this song was actually dedicated to his dying mother, who was suffering from throat cancer when this song came out in 1998. Now, Garth's mother, Colleen Brooks, was actually a recording artist of her own when she was very much younger, before she had kids, I think. And songwriters Benita Hill and Pam Wolf, they wrote It's Your Song. And it was a part of Garth's double live effort. And the neat thing about It's Your Song, this song was recorded both as a live version, which went out to radio stations, and then they had a studio version that was just about as successful on the country music charts as well. Now, remember Double Live, that was the first live album by Garth Brooks, and it was a two-disc compilation of songs that Garth recorded as part of his 1996 through 98 world tour. The album broke the first week sales record at the time, which had previously been held by Pearl Jam's Versus album, and this thing sold over a million records in its first week. So an amazing start there, and this double live with live versions of songs like Colin Baton Rouge and Unanswered Prayers and more. Then you had this song here that we're going to play. It's your song. It is a very touching song. By the way, Garth's mother did end up passing away the year after this thing came out in 1999. Now, that name may sound familiar, Colleen, because not only is it the name of Garth Brooks' mom, but also Garth named his daughter there. Uh, her name is Allie Colleen Brooks, and she is the daughter of Garth. As she was born in 1996, and Allie Brooks is currently 23 years old and is recording some stuff as well. And you might have seen her perhaps on YouTube or somewhere like that. She goes by Allie Colleen. So if you see that name, not her full name with the last name Brooks, but she's going by her first and middle name, Allie Colleen, kind of like Thomas Rhett. His last name is technically Akins, but he goes by Thomas Rhett. And oddly enough, Thomas Rhett grew up right here in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, too. <laughs> so Colleen, the mother and the now daughter of Garth Brooks, and she, of course, is one of a couple of daughters that Garth Brooks has. So as we celebrate Garth Brooks here on his big day, let's go back to 1998 to that live cut of It's Your Song, and this was put out on the radio. This went top 10 on the country songs chart, and it was both a live and a studio version released. The live version probably got a little bit more airplay than the studio version, but still will take you back to double live, take you back to the 1990s, and 
a very touching song as it was a tribute to his mom. Garth Brooks, happy birthday to you, sir. It's your song. Standing in the spotlight On such a perfect night Knowing that you're out there listening And I remember one time When I was so afraid Didn't think I had the courage To stand up on this stage Then you reached into my heart And you found the melody And if there ever was somebody Who made me believe in me It was you It was you It was your song that made me sing It was your voice that gave me wings And it was your light that shined Guiding my heart to find This place where I belong It was your Every night I pray Before the music starts to play That I'll do my best And I won't let you down And for all the times I've stood here This feeling feels brand new And any time I doubt myself I think of you Cause it was your song that It was your voice that gave me wings And it was your light that shined Guiding my heart to find This place where I belong It was your song Dreams can come true What a song here on his 58th birthday. That was Garth Brooks from Double Live, 1998 year for that one. And we wish him all the best. And perhaps before we get out of Goodlitzville, Tennessee, 
we'll run into Garth as our own Precious Harris has often spotted him at the local Kroger. Maybe I'll go down there and pick up some drinks and chips. And while I'm there at the checkout line, I just might run into Troy Garth Brooks, our birthday baby. And congratulations on a great career and a career that continues. Now, next week, it will be Valentine's Day when we record this section of the Y'all Show. And I can already tell you who we're going to play and who we're going to feature. And that artist next week is going to have a song called Valentine because it will be Valentine's Day next time we get together for this fun feature of the Y'all Show. And the artist, it's going to be two. One's going to be Jim Brickman, who's that piano guy. But the singer of Valentine has a Garth Brooks connection. It's Martina McBride, who used to sell T-shirts for Garth Brooks when he was just getting started. And her husband, great guy John McBride, was a longtime road guy, the kind of tour manager for Garth Brooks. So we'll have another Garth connection at this time next week when you join us here on The Y'all Show. And we'll be back with more of The Y'all Show from Goodlettsville slash Nashville, Tennessee. Hang on when we come back. We've got hashtag hullabaloo. We've got some dandies that we'll pass along and some historic stuff, too, that we'll try to get in as The Y'all Show wraps up the week. Stay with us. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. We've reached the weekend, and we're glad that you have taken a little time to get ready for the big day or two or three or four days that you might have off here, getting ready for a big Valentine's Day next week. I'm John. This is The Y'all Show, and this is Hashtag Hullabaloo, where social media is the name of the game. And on social media, we find some real good stuff to pass along to you here in Gulletsville, which is where we find ourselves here in Middle Tennessee as we wrap up a trip to the Nashville area here toward the end of this week. And on social media, we actually have a tweet that we're going to share with you, courtesy of CBS. Yes, the actual CBS television network at CBS. And they write on Twitter this week, Ben's taking his company to the next level and his friends to a fancy steak dinner. Bring your appetites to a new episode of The Unicorn this Thursday at 8.30, 7.30 Central on CBS. Now that statement basically a promotional tool for this new show called the unicorn again put out by cbs but it had a retweet and a comment coming in from maya lynn robinson and maya lynn robinson on twitter is at miss m-i-s-s miss maya lynn now who is maya lynn robinson she's actually a cast member of the unicorn as she portrays michelle on this show now in the past maya lynn robinson has been an actress on the connors 
and she's a very up-and-coming young actress but you probably know her face and keep them keep in mind who she is she's from the north originally i won't hold that against her but she replied back to cbs in this tweet again about her own show the unicorn and they said about cbs again taking company to the next level and taking friends to a fancy steak dinner so she replied back what's wrong with chicken thighs <laughs> hashtag the unicorn so it got me thinking what in the world is this show, The Unicorn? I've seen it promoted. Have y'all seen it? It's a comedy. Might be worth checking out on Thursdays when it airs on CBS. The Unicorn features a tight-knit group of friends and family that are together to help Wade embrace his new normal in wake of the loss of his wife a year earlier. As a sometimes ill-equipped but always devoted single parent to his two adolescent daughters, He's taken the major step of dating again. To Wade's amazement, he's a hot commodity with women, and his friends explain that he's the perfect single guy. (laughs) How about this? He's employed, he's attractive, and with a proven track record of commitment, and with his daughters and best friends rooting him on and hoping he'll find happiness, Wade and his healing heart are ready to try life and love again. And that is what... This CBS series, The Unicorns, all about. So I didn't realize that makes a guy a lucky catch. A unicorn, truly an unusual but coveted thing. And that would be those major steps that you want with a woman. A perfect single guy. Employed. That's always a good thing to have a nice paycheck coming in. Attractive. That's that's arguable. Okay, it's One's. Beauty might be someone else's, yuck, ugly. And then commitment, a proven track record of commitment. So those are the things I guess ladies are looking for. Now, this series on CBS, I paid attention to because who the lead actor is. The guy portraying the main actor, the main character, Wade, is Birmingham, Alabama native Walton Goggins. Now, I first paid attention to Walton Goggins when I saw him as one of the co-stars of the HBO series Vice Principals. And that, of course, filmed in Charleston, South Carolina. (laughs) I won't be able to tell you that it's as funny as its predecessor because the guy that co-starred along him there on that series was Danny McBride, who, of course, Kenny Powers, that great HBO series. If you never saw that, you need to go check out and binge watch Kenny Powers. Vice Principals was sort of the the sequel to Kenny Powers. In this role, Danny McBride portrayed a vice principal of a school filmed in the Charleston area, by the way. And in Coggins, uh, White Goggins, rather, portrayed another vice principal. And it was a pretty funny series, but not as funny as Kenny Powers, but still a success there on HBO, but I know I've seen him in a lot of other movies and television series and and he portrays the comedy part good and he does that serious actor, Walton Goggins. Check him out. An extremely talented Southerner. And I'm glad that thanks to Maya Lynn Robinson, we can learn more about her series that she stars in alongside Walton Goggins, The Unicorn 
on CBS. Rachel Riley is on Twitter at nothing 93 And in her Twitter profile, she literally writes, I know nothing. <laughs> well, appreciate your honesty there, Rachel Riley. She writes on Twitter this week, I'm curious to why the Southern defense of slavery was always it's better for the slaves, as if some plantation owners took a trip to Africa and said, whoa, it's terrible here. Let's help these people out and make them our servants. Hashtag paternalism. Hashtag the South. Well, Rachel, thank you for putting that out there. It's Black History Month, and I want to kind of share with you some information to not necessarily amplify what she's saying here about the Southern defense of slavery. I'm just wanting to give you some plain facts that you might not know of when it comes to the slave trade. And it was certainly a sin of this country. But slavery and the importation of African slaves was not just an American thing. It was not just an American South thing. Let me tell you a little bit about the numbers, and it's very disturbing what happened as the slave trade was big business. First of all, the first slaves to arrive at a part of the labor force of this new world, the Hispaniola, the island there, which is now Haiti and Dominican Republic. That's where the first African slaves arrived in 1502, literally 10 years after Columbus so-called discovered the new world. Cuba received four slaves in 1513, Jamaica, its first shipment of 4,000 slaves in the year 1518. Now, here in this country, the first enslaved Africans reached what would become the United States in July 1526 as part of a Spanish attempt to colonize San Miguel de Guadalupe, I think is the name. And I don't know where that is. I need to find out where that is. By November, the 300 Spanish colonists were reduced to 100 and their slaves from 100 to 70. The enslaved people revolted in 1526 and joined a nearby American Indian tribe while the Spanish abandoned the colony altogether. The area of the future Columbia received its first enslaved people, by the way, in 1533. The 17th century, the 1600s is what we're talking about here, the slave trade, you saw African slaves brought to this part of the world in more quantity. Africans were brought to Point Comfort, several miles downriver from the English colony of Jamestown, Virginia, brought there in 1619. So last year we celebrated the 400th anniversary, if you want to call it celebrate, we marked 400 years of slavery there at Jamestown. The first kidnapped Africans in English North America were classed as indentured servants and freed after seven years. Virginia law codified chattel slavery in 1656, and in 1662, the colony of Virginia adopted the principle of partus sequitur ventrum, which classified children of slave mothers as slaves regardless of paternity. That gives you a little idea of that. Now, we know that, of course, as early as the 1520s, we saw um, slaves here in what would become the United States 
where the Spanish had territory, the English also brought African slaves here to this continent and to this, what would become the United States of America. According to experts, throughout this whole time period of taking slaves from Africa and bringing them to the so-called New World, we're talking roughly 1519 to 1867, some 350 years of the importation of African slaves, 350 years. It's estimated that about 10 million slaves were put on ships and sent to the colonies, to the North and South America region, the Caribbean and more during that 350 year time period. Of course, the journey from Africa to this part of the world was horrible. They were enslaved. They were in chains. They died of disease. They died of starvation. It was amazing that any of them made it, but they did. And about 10 million made it successfully to this new world. It's estimated that about a million slaves were brought into what would become the United States or maybe perhaps the United States had already been formed after 1780s, after our liberation from Great Britain. A breakdown of the percentage of slaves here in the Americas. If you thought we had a lot of slaves here, the United States, what would become the United States, the slaves brought to this area only represented about 10% of the total importation of slaves from Africa. That's hard to believe. 10% of the entire harvest, if you want to call it that, of slaves across the ocean. Most African slaves went into what was Portuguese America, what we know as Brazil, primarily. They also had some other areas, but Brazil, the bulk of African slaves taken to that. In fact, Brazil did not liberate slaves until well after the liberation of slaves here in the 19th century. The British West Indies also had a huge, huge importation of slaves. We're talking about Jamaica and the British Indies, the all the areas, the places like Bermuda, for example. British West Indies, almost 19% of all the slaves from Africa went there the spanish empire let's not leave out the spaniards the spanish empire or you had cuba and you had what was puerto rico and the other areas the florida was a spanish empire almost 18 percent of the african slaves taken to there the french also just as guilty french americas we're talking quebec we're talking louisiana and other colonies what would become haiti French Americas, almost 14% of slaves from Africa taken there out of the 10 million that were taken in total. Then you had below there what would be the British Atlantic colonies, also the United States, the same area, the eastern seaboard up into Canada. And that's where just about 10% of all Africans taken away from African as, uh, as slaves ended up here in this part of the world. Then you had the Dutch West Indies with a very small portion, 2%, and the Danish West Indies at just under 1%. But the bulk, again, went down to Brazil, and a few less than that were to the British West Indies and the Spanish. So my point of telling you this is if if you think every African slave ended up in this country, you're way off on that. If you think they only came to the American South, you're way off on that. And 
essentially every superpower of that time period had blood on their hand from the slave trade. It could have been the British. It could have been the French. It could have been the Portuguese. It was the Spanish, all the major players guilty. And I know the South's guilty of having slavery. And that's something we look down upon. But at that time period in world history, slavery was the norm. It was the way things were and the way things had been. And for the South to have slavery, as bad as it sounds, the South was just like most of the world at that time. Even American Indian tribes, which had nothing to do with Africa, were also enslaving each other, enslaving other tribes. So just today, as we recognize Black History Month and oftentimes as Southerners, we put our head down and say how horrible the South was and it was a bad thing. Just remember, the South was not alone. America was certainly not alone. This part of the world was not alone. In fact, as I pick on the African importation of slaves to the New World, slavery, of course, has been in virtually, if not all parts of the world, just about every single portion of the world. And it doesn't make it right. We still got slavery going on in a form today even in this country the sex trade the slave issue there is real disturbing and we find more and more people busted for that thankfully but yes there were millions estimated 10 million africans taken away from their native continent and brought to this new world and out of that 10 million estimated to be taken a million ended up in what was called the British Atlantic Colonies and the United States. And I like to also remind people, yes, as as we're guilty here as having slave states and people who are slave owners, don't let people from Britain pick on you because they're the reason most of the slaves got here as most of our South was a British territory. It was the colonies and Great Britain, the crown, was pushing slaves here. And then after the liberation, some of our American colonies, which became states, did outlaw slavery. And then most of the South was pretty stubborn about it. A war was fought. The South lost. We know slavery ended. That's a good thing. Just my point of telling you this is, if you ever have a discussion with someone who's bashing our part of the world, just remind them, Pretty much the whole world was pretty guilty of of slavery at one time or another. Thankfully, mercifully, most of America, most of the world has found a better solution and, and has outlawed slavery. Thank goodness. Okay, next up, Mama Star at Mama, and that's M-O-M-M-A-S-T-A-R-R 11 at Mama Star 11. Now, this is a pretty funny tweet. We we need some humor here today on the program for sure. Mama Star writes to at CVS Pharmacy. She's got a complaint to CVS. She writes, I'm aware your corporate headquarters is Rhode Island and the temp in your stores all over the country is controlled by your office. Just cause your cold does not mean I want to shop in a hot store and your employees and I would appreciate you leaving it at 69. It will kill germs too. hashtag 
the South. Well, somebody at CVS has her upset because she wants that temperature at 69 and she claims that CVS, which has locations all over Dixie, their corporate headquarters there in Rhode Island, is not paying attention to the needs of the South. And they've got those temps more what they would be desiring to have in Rhode Island. Rhode Island, yes. The little teeny tiny Rhode Island. And Mama Star ain't having it. <laughs> That wraps up our hashtag Hullabaloo here on today's Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to take a quick look at the new movies hitting theaters. And then we're going to tell you about the brand new reboot of XFL. Vince McMahon's brand new professional football league debuts this weekend. We're going to take you inside the XFL. We're going to tell you about some names you might remember from the college, maybe the NFL ranks that are playing in the XFL. Going to have a lot of fun telling you about that. Also, we'll let you know what's going on in golf. A pro-am is taking place this weekend, and a lot of famous people have made their way to Pebble Beach. We'll have all that information as we close out this, the end of the week edition of the Y'all Show from Gville, USA, Goodlettsville, Tennessee. Back now for the final segment of this, the end of the week edition of Y'all. A few new movies hitting theaters this weekend, including the action adventure Birds of Prey, starring Margot Robbie. Also, The Lodge is out this weekend, and that stars Richard Armitage, and it's out. Shakira, a drama history romance film, is out this weekend. Also, Malang, and that is out as well. And then you've got Come to Daddy. And then we danced Legend of Defecation and a movie that I'm interested in seeing, Waiting for Anya. And that stars Angelica Houston, among others. Some of your new movies in theaters. If you've got a little extra time and a little extra cash, you might want to make your way to a box office near you. We're here in Middle Tennessee closing out the week. We're in Goodlettsville today and the hometown Tennessee Titans are in the news as they've tabbed former New Orleans Saints head coach Jim Haslett. I think he also coached South Florida for a while. Jim Haslett has been hired by the Titans to be their inside linebackers coach. And that decision there brings in Haslett who has 24 years of NFL coaching experience to the Tennessee Titans. He most recently served as an inside linebacker coach for the Cincinnati Bengals from 2016 to 2018. Jim Hazlitt back in Nashville, this time as an assistant there for Mike Vrabel, the very successful head coach of the Titans who took his team to the AFC championship game. Now to the XFL. It makes its debut this weekend. If you're not familiar with this league, back in 2001, the XFL debuted on NBC, had great ratings, tremendous success that debut weekend, and then it was all down from here. They jumped the shark in week one in 2001. Well, they're not hoping for a repeat because this year the XFL is back with us. And we've got now a little bit of information about this new league, some of the differences in terms of the rules. Also, a little bit more about the teams, the stadiums, 
And I'll even walk through the schedule for this debut weekend of XFL football. So first up, what's up with the actual league? What's what's different about it? Well, first of all, unlike the original XFL of 2001, this one's got a 19-year, I guess, for Vince McMahon, Mr. WWE, he's had 19 years to figure it out. And the thing that he's figured out is He's got to put some money into this baby. He's going to make sure this thing lasts beyond its debut year. And so that's one thing that he wants to do and make sure this doesn't crash and burn like the Alliance of American Football did in 2019. Now, Vince McMahon, whose personal net worth is estimated to be around $2.2 billion, has put a lot of effort, a lot of money into this. Now, the teams, there's eight of them, they're all around the country and so that was smart he's got seven of them in current nfl towns the eighth city is st louis which had the rams there until they took off to los angeles in 2016 each team will play 10 games on either a saturday or a sunday between february 8th and april 12th that's easter sunday Four teams will then advance to the playoff semifinals, and then the XFL championship will be played April 26th, the day after the 2020 NFL draft concludes in Las Vegas. NFL, or rather XFL executives, by the way, Oliver Luck is the head of this thing. At least he's not the owner. He's just kind of the executive in charge. Andrew Luck's father, who has a lot of respect in the professional ranks, XFL executives have hoped to cap a trip to the game for a family of four at $100 if if that's where you want to go see this championship game. So here's your eight teams and where they're going to be playing if you want to catch up with an XFL team. The Dallas Renegades are playing at Globe Life Park. That was the former home of the Texas Rangers. The Rangers moving into a spectacular new ballpark in Arlington this year. The D.C. Defenders are a team, and they play at the MLS Audi Field for the D.C. MLS team there. The Houston Roughnecks are playing where the Houston Cougars football team plays, Tidecu Stadium in Houston, Texas. The L.A. Wildcats are playing at the home of the MLS team that plays there at Dignity Health Sports Park. The New York Guardians are playing at the home of the New York Jets and New York uh, Giants. MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Then you got the St. Louis Battlehawks playing at the old home of the St. Louis Rams, the Dome at America Center. The Seattle Dragons are playing at the home of the Seattle Seahawks, CenturyLink Field. And the Tampa Ray Vipers are playing at Tampa Bay Bucks home in South Florida as well, Raymond James Stadium. And that's your list of the teams and the fun there and one of the things the xfl is doing a little bit different is extra points there will be not there will be none of that kicking from the three yard line to get one single extra point you have to kick from you don't kick you have a two point or i think a five point play i'm still learning this stuff too but they give you a couple options to try to get points there so that's one of the things they're doing different overtime rules a little bit different as well. As far as the schedule here, this debut, actually the games start on Saturday as Seattle will be at D.C. in the very first game 
and that starts at 2 Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, and that will be televised on ABC from Audi Field in Washington, D.C. The second game will be on the Fox Network, and it features Los Angeles at Houston from TDEQ Stadium in Houston, Texas. Then Sunday, it's two more games for you to tune in and see on Fox. It's Tampa Bay at New York, and then St. Louis at Dallas. And that game will be, will be on ESPN. Its predecessor on Sunday will be on the Fox Network. And again, eight teams playing in this league and a chance for you to keep football going for just a little bit longer. And I think we're all excited about that. The eight teams, by the way, the Dallas Renegades, D.C. Defenders, the Houston Roughnecks, the Los Angeles Wildcats, the New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the Seattle Dragons, and the Tampa bay vipers and a couple of familiar names you might recognize when these eight teams all get together starting saturday can't wait worth tuning in and they're going to be on legitimate networks that ought to be pretty easy for you to find and some of you might even put a little money on the game if i had to guess also this weekend it's the at&t pebble beach pro-am and that'll be taking place at Pebble Beach, California. Always fun to see this tournament. Clint Eastwood normally makes a, a, a his presence felt there on Saturday, usually there. And that'll be a lot of fun. Your defending champion of this tournament, Phil Mickelson. And an $8 million purse is at stake here for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am on the PGA Tour. And that's what's going on in the world of sports here. As we close out the Y'all Show, thank you again for tuning us in. We've had a great time here these last two days in the Nashville area. We'll be back at it on Monday. Have a great weekend. Until that time. From Dixie with Love, we'll get us to the weekend.